So the Holy Spirit, just over the last three weeks, has put on my heart to just speak about the anointing. And I'm just going to finish, I'm finishing a series, it's amazing. Three weeks. But it's, I'm going to speak to you about dominion and, and what happens with the anointing of dominion and how God uses that in our lives. And dominion is basically authority. But what I see God doing in the days ahead is incredible because I, I see him doing, he's done it in the past. Let me just talk to you about dominion for a second and I'll give you a quick, uh, my first real encounter with like a mass crusade dominion and watching it was I was at a Benny Hinn crusade. I'll just tell you this because it was powerful. We were Bible school students down in Rhode Island. We had, uh, we had favor down there. We actually, someone opened the back door, asked us if we wanted to go work the book table. Benny Hinn gave us bags like we couldn't even carry every book that we wanted as students. And uh, he actually was at the school that, that same, in that same time that he came. But we had an awesome time there. But I can remember this specifically, the Lord doing amazing things just in the atmosphere in the room. In a big arena, a tangible anointing, that literally I could see with my eyes. Okay, that was, that's what I call dominion, or that's what I call an atmosphere. It's an anointing to shift an atmosphere. And it was by, I'll say it was through a bunch of people praying, obviously, for the Crusades. But Pastor Benny carried a strong, strong anointing for mass Crusades. Obviously, that's what he's done. And so, as... Everything was winding down. The, the place was empty. We were cl cleaning up the book tables. We were some of the last people in there. I saw the, the, you know, the guys, they were cleaning things up in there. There was just a few people inside. As I walked across and I was above, I was in like, you know, the nosebleed seats. And as I walked in there, I could see the haze. I could see the, the mist of heaven in the place. And you could feel the tangible anointing. And this is what God wants not just in a mass crusade, he wants you to carry this. That you shift places, you, you go to a, you, when you walk into darkness, you shift the atmosphere. You're not taken back by the atmosphere, but you shift the atmosphere because you carry joy, you carry peace, you carry righteousness. And th this is what I was saying about the first anointing, which was the anointing that abides inside of you is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. And we have to get it. Uh, maybe we do three weeks just on that anointing because I really believe that the abiding glory and the abiding anointing from our daily life with Jesus, look at me, you don't have just a one-night stand with the Lord. <laughs> you don't get saved one day and have a one-night stand with the Lord and then talk to Him here and there on the phone. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Lord wants us to be in an intimate place, a daily relationship with Him, where we continually cultivate our life with Him. And He becomes so real and tangible in these moments. And when I talk about these things, I talk about having personal encounters because I've had multiple personal encounters. Now, God may not come to you in that way, but He may want to. And so you've got to give Him an opportunity to do that, and that comes by spending time with Jesus. What's the best way to evangelize? Obviously, we open our mouth, but the best way to evangelize is that we carry the presence of God. I promise you, I promise you, it's presence. That's what I think. That's what I believe. The days to come, we're going to watch and see that the presence anointing, that the presence, the Lord's presence was there to heal. The Bible says about Jesus that he walked into a place that they, they sent people up on the roof because they couldn't get in that one spot. And they sent four guys and a cripple on the roof. And they tore the roof open because they couldn't get. There was no more room in the house. And come on, we want Jesus to fill the room in such a way that people are, are scrapping to get in to the presence of God. And we want people to have a hunger. And so here I stand tonight, and, and God's so good. God is so good. Like just being on the streets yesterday, 
Personally, I was burnt out. I didn't need to do another thing. I didn't need another exercise. I didn't need to do something else. But God's grace was good. I'm like walking around kind of a zombie. And just, Walker and I were just standing there. We had a witness to one guy. Uh, he was totally, well, he wasn't totally closed, but when his wife came, he was totally closed. Because she was like, we don't, no, no, we're good. We don't want prayer. But the next person, we were standing on the corner, and then people started coming to us. And so I just started talking with this one guy. And the next thing we know, we have five other ladies around us. They're all half inebriated, but that's all right. That's where Jesus would be. You hear me? That's where Jesus would be. And, and that's where he would be ministering to people. He was at the well with the woman and ministering to her because she was looking for water. Come on, and people, they're all around. I'm just, this isn't a plug, but this is, this is what we want to carry. We want to carry the presence of God so that there's no fear inside of you, and it's not a working. Listen, I don't even like the idea of having an event to witness. Come on, all, it should just be on, like Donkey Kong, right? It should just be on all the time, that when we go for pizza after church, we're just, you know, you bless the waitress over abundantly bless her him whoever and then be be the light of God and so this is what I'm talking about today so I just want you to know that you're a gate you're a gate for the presence of God and so if we have this understanding right we go to Jacob we understand uh, Genesis 28 we have this encounter that J Jacob has and he realizes he says in that place he says I'm in the house of God this is the house of God, it's Bethel, and it is the gate of heaven. And then we know this through the New Testament as we move ahead, and there is atmospheres that were created even in the Old Testament. Ready? We'll just go there for a minute, because remember, just go to First, uh, first Samuel, I think it's chapter 19. First Samuel 19, and I just want you to see something. I just want you to see something with this because even the prophetic atmosphere, right? People walk in here, they're in a prophetic atmosphere. People walk in here and there should be a healing atmosphere. People walk in to your presence. When they come around you, what do they find? What falls out of you? How, how do we respond to people when they're actually even being nasty to us? How am I acting? How am I, how am I, what, what's, what's coming out of me? And so... I, I want us to, to just focus on these things because there's an atmosphere in here. It's good, right? And, and even here it says that a, really basically Saul was demonized and he was looking for David. And he sent messengers to go find David. And it's 1 first, first Samuel 19. You with me? Sorry. 19 verse 19. Yeah, we'll just go to, go to 20. But it says that David was fleeing, he escaped, and he ended up going out to Samuel's school of the prophets. Come on, school of the prophets didn't just show up on, you know, YouTube and stuff. It's, it's not all these new schools. It's always been around. There's a school of the prophets. And God wants us to be at the school of the prophets. Come on, the Lord wants to train us up in the prophetic. He wants us to walk in a prophetic anointing. So that you have, so that when you get the knowledge of the Lord inside of you and God's presence is on you, you know, I was, I was, uh, I'll just brag on Collins for a minute because he was, he was like laser beaming on people at the end. Like we were trying to find our last few destinations on where to minister to some folks. And he's like, you know, honing in, honing in. That's what we want to do. What do your eyes see? Because we have to be looking. You have to be expecting that God wants to speak to someone. And you got to be expecting that the Holy Spirit wants to speak through you. You know, the Lord wants to speak through you. We just have to put ourselves in a position to, to do that. And here we see that they, the, the, the school of the prophets and, and Saul sends messengers and they get messed up in there. All of a sudden the prophetic anointing comes upon them and they start prophesying. They can't get out of there. Come on, they get caught in the prophetic swirl. And God wants you caught in a prophetic swirl, not just for a moment, but all the time. Do you understand that the spirit of prophecy should be on your life? No, even if you're not a prophet, whatever that is, you're a prophetic people, you're a prophetic generation. 
And so the prophetic swirl, the, the wind of God should be around you so that you hear God. Why? Because you cultivated it in the secret place. Or we come into an atmosphere, we find that all of a sudden there's a corporate anointing that releases prophetic. Like all of a sudden you begin to see things, all of a sudden you begin to hear things, and when you leave that place, it goes away. We don't want that. Come on, do you want to grab a hold of what God's speaking to you, and we, get, we can feel good in this place, and then we leave, and sometimes all of a sudden you get attacked by the enemy, and you don't know how to shake what's going on around you. But God wants you to carry, and he's already given you the weapons inside of you. He's already given you the Spirit of God, the, 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 that's Christ in you, the hope of glory that's inside of you, that lives inside of you, that dwells inside of you, that was already, that was already given to you, even at salvation. But even when you receive the Holy Ghost, remember we talked about the abiding glory, and then we talked about being filled with the fire of the Spirit of God. That was Acts 1.8. And so we receive the Spirit of God like that. And as one pastor, one of my spiritual fathers used to say, the, it's like shoes, right? You, you get them and tongues come with it. Right? I get a pair of shoes. Do You get a new walk. You can walk in the Spirit now and tongues come with it. All right? They come in my shoes. They're in my shoes. And so the Spirit of God wants us to live in this place where you walk in the Spirit, where you speak in the Spirit, where there is nothing that hinders you from being shut down. Look at me. You've been called as an overcomer. You've been called as a victor. You've been called as one that walks and abides in Christ, and nothing shall by any means harm you. <laughs> nothing. That means no thing. No thing will, help, will ever hurt you. And the helper will always help you. And he's looking to come into a people and to create an atmosphere inside you that is actually bringing dominion in the earth. Yeah. Uh, this is really too much to even do in one, one session. But I really want, I want you to grab hold of some things. There's truth. Because here we go. We see that David is hiding in this place. The messengers come and then Saul gets ticked off and he says, I'm going to find out what's going on over there. And Saul starts prophesying. And he, now he's laying naked prophesying in the room. I don't recommend that. I don't even advise that. But here's the deal. He was so stricken with the, with the spirit of prophecy, even in a demonic state, that he prophesied with the prophets. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's what atmosphere can do. And that's the atmosphere that God has called every believer. Look at me. Not just a guy in a white suit. Or, all right, the black suit with the nice collars. Not just Benny. Not just Reinhard Bonnke. Not just the big guys. He's called you to walk with an atmosphere around you. And come on, God is raising up an army in this hour. He's raising up a people, a prophetic generation a holy priesthood, and we're going to get into the priesthood in a minute, because there has to be a people that are abiding in this place. You're abiding, you're filled with power, and you change atmospheres. And so that should even, like, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost tonight, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit and power. See, that's the power of heaven. That's what came upon the apostles. That's what came upon not just the apostles, but the 120. And they came, there became an atmosphere where there was fire in the, in, the, in the atmosphere. Like the Bible says that they could see tongues of fire. And so the fire of God is for you and wants to live and abide inside of you. All you have to say is, yes, Lord. Really, that's really all you have to do is come into agreement with it, and he will bring you into a new realm of, of moving in strength. Because Isaiah 11 tells us this. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, says that, that the spirit that was on Jesus Christ, ready, in 11, 2, you can go there and check it later, but there was, there was, there was things that were linked together. It was the seven spirits of God. It's, you see the seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11. You also see it in the book of, of Revelation. It was around the throne of God. Where did I say that the fire of God came from last week? Who was here? Someone said it. The throne of God. Thank you. One person. She wasn't here, but she knew. Right? 
So here's the deal. The fire of God comes. The seven spirits of God are flowing out of the throne of God. That's where we belong, at the throne. <laughs> it's not really hard. Right? I just said to you, you can be seated in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places. The question is, are you abiding before the throne of God? The question is, when you sit, when you wake up, when you go before the Lord in the morning, are you sitting before the throne of God? Because there has to be an awareness in our walk that we are walking with the Lord, we're abiding in Him, and we're seeing Him where He is. And His throne is not some, um, in some geographical place. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not in the, even, can I even say, it's not, it is in the third heaven, but where's the third heaven? The third heaven is here if you want it. I'd rather be dwelling in the third heaven than the second heaven with all the demonic stuff that moves around. Okay, the Lord's there. He's in, in all realms. But I want to be with him in the place where he sits and the place where he abides so that I'm strengthened with all might in my inner man. That the, that the exceeding greatness of his power is on my life. And so that's what you've been called to. God has called you to not live as an almost believer. <laughs> He's called you to live as a believer, uh, just a believer that believes everything that the Word of God says to you, everything that the Spirit of God releases to you, you come into agreement with, and you listen to the Spirit of God, and you become so sensitive. Listen to me. Sensitivity is the most important thing. Not being lost and confused, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. I don't know what God's saying. No, you know what God's saying because He abides inside of you. I break the lie that you don't know what God's saying. It's a lie. God is speaking either through his word or by the spirit of God, and you've been filled with all joy so that you can hear the word, uh, and you receive it. You receive the word with joy. Like today, you're going to leave here. You're going to receive the word with joy so that the birds of the air don't come out of nowhere, literally nowhere, and steal the word. Because that's what the enemy is always looking for, to steal and snatch the word of God over you. And so here's, here's what I want you to do. You, you realize this, that in the Old Testament we see this, and that you are a gate. You are the house of God because the, the, the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in tents and buildings anymore. This is great, and this building's great and all that. But we want the Spirit of God to abide in a people that fill the building, and then the fire of God comes and hits place, hits the place, and then when people come in, just as we, right, so here's just, think of, think of it this way. We're in this small building. We're going to a building that's basically six times the size. It's crazy in my thoughts. But we're going to go into a building. Okay, we, we could have started with a little tent, Right? And gone to the 2,000, however many square feet. And then we're going to be in an 8,000 square foot building. But I want every, every, every bit of that building filled with the presence of God. But it only gets filled with you. And it's by our acts of worship in there that fills the, the plaster, the roof, whatever. Right? So here's the advantage that we'll have, because we don't have to go to a strange building and host an event. It's home field all the time. No, it's good. It's really good, because then you don't have to move around until we outgrow that. Right? And it's not about the masses or the numbers. We want quality, and I want quantity. I do. I believe that the Lord can do both, that we can grow up an army a priesthood of believers, a priesthood of kings. Oh, okay, I'm going somewhere. We, we have to come into an, a mindset that you are, you've been given dominion in the earth. Jesus, uh, as, we, as we understand Jesus, Jesus is in the order of what? Melchizedek. And so there has to be this order that you begin to come into alignment with. It's an order over your life. And it's the Melchizedek priesthood. Oh, I wasn't going to go there. I'm going. I'm going. I'll go after. Hold on. We'll back up to Ephesians. 
Because I just want you to see the Lord. If I look at the book of Ephesians, and I'll just be in chapter 2. There's some simple things we have to understand that we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are into this new heavenly place that God's bringing to bringing us to. You are in the you are in you are the building. You are the you are built on the the cornerstone Christ, right? You're a building being raised up in the earth. Do you know that? You are a building being raised up in the earth. You are a dwelling place for God to be raised up. And so here's the thing, we have to shake off all the things that hinder us so that we can be so that the Holy Spirit can purely move through us. And so verse 19, chapter 2 says this, now you're therefore no longer strangers, you're no longer followers, but fellow citizens and saints and members in the household of God. Now I just want you to stop there for a second and think about this. That means you 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 don't you feel like you're at home. Because we all live with that orphan thing that feels like I don't I don't belong, and the Lord's saying, no, you belong. You're no longer foreign. That means we're not speaking a different language in here. You know the language. Come on, somebody. You know the language of the Spirit because you're not a foreigner. Because of what? The blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the Holy Spirit abiding and dwelling inside of you. You are here, and you're listening to to the language of the Spirit, and you're saying, and if you have a problem understanding, you just ask the Holy Spirit to help. Help me, God, in my weakness so I understand what's happening in the spirit realm. And every one of you have understanding, right? The spirit of understanding releases that might that's in Isaiah 11 too. Because it's the spirit of counsel and might. And so as you receive this counsel from the Spirit, and we have foundations being built on the foundations of the apostles, so the apostolic and the prophetic that are building the foundations on what? Jesus Christ himself. Nothing else, nothing added, nothing taken away. Jesus, only Jesus, one person, Jesus, right? Him being the chief cornerstone. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple. And every one of us is a part. Everyone, look at your friend next to you and say, you're a stone. You're a living stone. You are living stones. That's what Peter said. You are living stones. Peter said that you're a living stone being built and fitted. Right? In whom you're also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And so every one of you have been given a place in the, in, as God builds the kingdom. And as, as the Spirit of God continues to open up and reveal things, He begins to open things up to an even greater capacity, right? Because then it ends up, we end up landing in this place in 320, now to him who is able to do, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything I can ask, think, or imagine. He is able to do everything. That means every place that I don't understand him, he's able to do it. Every place, and there's certain areas, and I will say this, there are certain areas you don't have to figure out about God. They just are. And you just leave it there. Leave it lie. Leave it lie. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place where we have this ability to go to the Lord. It's a revealing. It's a revelation. It's by the spirit of revelation you begin to understand the things and the language of the Spirit. But it's been given to you. Didn't Jesus say that? It's been given to you to know the mysteries. And the mystery is this. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That releases atmosphere all around you. 
that eradicates every, every thought. Mm-hmm. Every thought that's contrary to Christ. That's every thought that's contrary to my identity and who I am and what he's called me to do, what he's called you to do. It eradicates those things. It should, and if it doesn't, you ask him. Every one of us. <laughs> if you think, be, <laughs> here we go. If you think being up here, I, I, I'm, I'm immune to the thoughts that would attack my mind, I'm telling you it's probably 20,000 times more than yours. I'm telling you. It's like, bam, 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 bam. I was sitting here this morning, and it was bad. This morning. This afternoon. We don't do morning service. Yet. But the Spirit of God was like, I could hear the Lord saying, shut it down. I could hear the Lord, break it down. Miles, I'm teaching you to break down the stronghold. I'm teaching you to break the things that are coming to attack you in your mind. And it wasn't anything heavy. It wasn't anything crazy. It was just pew, 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 pew. Constant, though. Constant. Constant. Come on, somebody. But I'm here doing this anyway. And the Lord, I, right? And so it goes back to that, what, 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 what atmosphere am I carrying? Am I carrying the thoughts that attack me, try to put me out? Am I going to feed those things? No, you're called to bring an atmosphere that changes, that shifts those things. You have the mind of Christ. And if you have the mind of Christ, then you can do all things in Christ. You can do everything that he's told you. You can step into everything that he's spoken to you about your destiny. If he spoke it, then you can do it. If he said it, you can do it. But it has to be him. Not your own stuff. Not the things, you know, and, and there should be no confusion. Because why? Because you are sons. You're daughters. You're the bride. There should be no confusion. Oh, don't leave here and say, I'm confused and I feel condemned. Don't do that. Because you, there is now no condemnation in Christ. I'm just telling you, it, when I said, again, I'll go back to this. Be seated in heavenly places. I did that on purpose tonight. Because if we're seated in heavenly places, you have a higher mindset. And you are positionally sitting in a high place. You're ruling over everything that comes to try and attack you. You're ruling over everything that tries to push you away from your destiny. You're ruling over everything that comes to try and attack your health. You're ruling over all those things. And so the abiding place where I live, where I abide, where I love on Jesus, even, even when... The attack comes to the mind. When the attack comes to the family. When the attack comes to my mother. When it comes to my son. When it comes to whatever. I can't wrap everyone with bubble wrap. And so the Lord wants us to live in this place where we trust him with everyone around us. Lord, I release my trust to you. Lord, I, I want to know where I'm going and what it looks like. I want to know the one who's, who's been destined for me, who, who I'm supposed to live with, who I'm supposed to be married to. All these things, these are super important, but God will do it. He'll release those things. And sometimes our minds get a hold of things and try and warp our thinking. Try and get us... T- stuck so there's destiny all over the room and the spirit of God is trying to 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 hover over us so that we would carry the atmosphere of Christ and that we would no longer no longer not one bit more have doubt and unbelief in our lives see the enemy sends darts to try and get you to doubt The enemy sends darts to try and slow you up, to trip you up. The enemy sends darts to try and get you to a blockade in front of where you're going. And so here's my my word of encouragement. Don't come into agreement. I don't care what it looks like. God's moving in the situation. I don't care what you think is happening around you. God's on the move all around you. And as you live in purity and in righteousness and as you live a life that's consecrated to the Lord. And I'll go to the priesthood now because we are priests and kings. 
See, but there has to be this place where we're living in the priesthood life. And if I'm living and I'm asking the Lord and he's putting things into, like, all into my life, like, he's orchestrating things all around me. I don't know where I'm going with this tonight. It's just all of a sudden going different ways. But I believe this, that the Lord is trying to pull you into your destiny. He's not trying to confuse you or move you away from it. And this is why the atmosphere that you carry is so important. The atmosphere that you tend to is so important. The atmosphere that I, I live from, live from, is necessary for me to get to the next place. It's the Spirit of God living inside of me. He lives inside of you. But are you cultivating it? Are you stirring up? The gift inside of you. Are you like Jude? I pray in the Holy Ghost and I stir the gift inside of me. I stir the gift of God inside of me. I stir the things that need to be stirred up. I, that means nothing can settle. No cistern in here. Come on, you're a living, flowing being. You live and you flow in the presence of God. You don't hold back anything and you're not stale. You're not stagnant. There's a flow of living water, and it flows through you. And when you speak to people, it comes out. So there is, there has to be a place where we live, we live from. And it's this Hebrews chapter 7. I'm, I'm just going to go there for a minute because God has called us to live in this place of dominion. Now, he speaks about the Old Testament here and the New Testament. He speaks about those things. And I'm just going to kind of skim through. I'll hop through chapter 7 a bit because I want to hit a couple points. But it says this, for, for this is Melchizedek. And it talks about here, it's all talking about before this in chapter 6 it's the peril of not progressing <laughs> it's the place where we get tripped up right and he says I'm, I'm leaving elementary discussions I'm leaving the elementary stuff because I want to pull you into the meat of what I want to teach you and whoever the writer is I believe it is Paul, but there's, there's, this, you know, there's dispute on that there, there is a, an, a, he's addressing the reasons why people perish and don't move ahead. And as he does this, he's saying it's all because of Jesus Christ that you're going to move into the new thing. And so we, we've been given a new priesthood. Look at me. It's not the Levitical priesthood. We don't live under the law. We don't live under the law anymore. We live in this liberating priesthood. It's liberation. It's not, and it says this, for this Melchizedek, verse 1, it says, was the king of Salem, the priest of the most high God. And so Melchizedek was back in Genesis. He appears to Abraham. He shows up, and he gives tithe, and he, he, he has communion. And so he is a spiritual being. He's not a person. It says that he has no lineage. He has no beginning and no end. Is he Jesus? I don't know. I don't have the answer to the million dollar question. But there's powerful things that we can learn from this order that you've been called to. And I feel like if you've been called to this order, it's the order where Christ lives. Because Jesus Christ himself was called in the order of Melchizedek. So he's some spiritual being. He's a person. He's the king of peace. He's the king of righteousness. Sounds like someone we know. And so he lives from a kingship, but he's also a priest. And so he's a king that rules and reigns and releases dominion, but he's also a priest that goes before the Lord, that has communion with the Lord, that communes in heavenly places. Where? We don't know. And so it also says in verse, uh, verse 3, it says that he without, he's without a father, without a mother, without genealogy, neither beginning or end of life. It means his life never ended. But he was made 
like the Son of God and remains a priest continually. Talk about walking in rest. He's living in heavenly places and continually ministering before the Lord. And so here's a, here's a good thing, and I hate principles. They're okay, but I don't like living from them because you can't, you can't actually, I don't think you can get free from just trying to follow up with principles. They're good for life. Don't get me wrong. But there has to be a place where you're living out. It's, it becomes a fiber of who you are. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not against principles, but there has to be, it has to become part of you. And so here's one thing that I really, I want the Lord to really minister to us today. He wants us to continually be before him. Paul said pray without ceasing. Right? That was just a statement. And we're like, how do I pray without ceasing? No, God says, listen, your life is a priesthood before me. I call you to live in that continual priesthood. I call you to live in this place of intimacy always. That everything in life is something that the Lord wants to pour. He wants to pour out something fresh and new to you. There is no bondage. See, the Levitical, this is the problem. The Levites were in bondage. They were in bondage because they had to do all those laws. You could never do it. It was always condemnation. Like, talk about living in condemnation. They could never measure up. But we have this liberty in Christ now where we live in this continual priesthood that we're constantly giving our lives to the Lord. It's a constant outpouring. You are the alabaster jar that lives before the Lord. That means nothing. Look at me. Nothing should stress you out. Nothing should stress you out. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing stresses us out. Because I, why? Because I'm a lover of the Lord. And when I'm in love with the Lord, listen, we've been through, I said it on the, on, the, on the video, we've been through it over the last, I've been through it, we've been through it for the last month. A little brain dead. <laughs> but I feel, the, I feel the grace of God. Like I feel like the grace of God. I feel like the Lord is wanting to open up for us in this, even in this process, right, as we continue like, going through and trying to, you know, the enemy's trying to whack, whack, no more. Come on. I'm receiving the word from, from a week ago that I received. Uh, it's the end. I see, the, I see the end. So good. Let's go. Let's start moving. But doesn't mean that there won't be another season of it. Do you understand me? So when the next wave comes, like how many waves can you take? Come on. You just want it to be glory. I want it glory. Come on. I want it. You, yes, you take all of them. Because life will hit you, and then you get back up. Life will, you know, like waves. Like when you get tumbled in the wave. Like, I don't like that. I don't like it when I hit the bottom and biff off the sand. That's what was happening to me in Puerto Rico. It was, it was, it was rough. Like I get up all sand scuffed. Right? But you get up. You get up, you don't get pulled in with the undertow of life. Right? So in this priesthood that you're living, you're continually ministering before the Lord. You're continuing before Him. And therefore, it says in verse 11, it says, Therefore, if perfection were, were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise in the order of Melchizedek? Not be, not, and not be called according to the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he, for he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which there is no, excuse me, for which no man has officiated at the altar. Mm. You're going to have to read that again later. No man officiates the altar. It's the Lord himself that officiates the altar. It's not a, because why? Because now inside of you lives the priesthood of God. You are a priest and a king. You live in this continual priesthood. That means you don't need someone to go ahead of you and do it. 
It's given to you because you're under a new order. You're under the Melchizedek order. You're living from that order. You're living from that order. Right? Where Jesus lived, he's under the same order. And so if I'm following Christ, I'm following the order that Jesus is going after. If he's called in the order of Melchizedek, give it to me, Lord. I want it. And that gives me this place where I live as a priest and the king. I live in this place of dominion. So then it says, verse 15, And yet far more evident, in all the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who has come, not according to the law of fleshly commandments, but according to the law, according to the power of an endless life. Guys, I'll read it again. There arises in another priesthood who has, not, who, who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. That means you live under this new law. The law of sin and death is broken. Now you live under the newness of life. You live under a new law. It's the law of the spirit of life. It's the law of the spirit of life that moves inside of you. And that, lives in, that moves through you and inside of you and is powerful. Listen, this is so powerful. If you can get the revelation, if you can get understanding of this, there is a new law. It's the law of life that lives inside of you. It's not a law of, song, of, of condemnation and sin. It's, let's just go away with that because the Lord said, I've done away with it. I've come to fulfill that thing. And he comes with the fullness of life inside of him. And when you come with him, because he's with you, are you all right? When you come with him, you're in weakness. Oh, you can't do it on your own. And he's already made a way for you. He's already prepared the way for you. He's made the way by the blood of his son for you to enter into this. Come on. And you live from this place. It's a place of continual worship. It's a place of continual praise. It's a continual place where I am ministering before the Lord. Lord, I'm ministering before you. I'm not ministering before anything else. And I don't have to tend to anything else. Anything else. Because when I tend to you, I tend to everything. Oh, that should, that should make you free. That should make you free. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Why? Because it's an eternal priesthood. So here's what I want you to see. We come to this place and we, we go before the Lord and we minister before the Lord. And I, I, I get funny about decreeing certain things. I'm good about, <laughs> I'm good about de declaration. That's kind of part of my, the anointing on my life. Like once I get going in a room and I can change the atmosphere through declaration. Do you hear me? I can do it. It's the Lord through me, but I can do it. Right? Here's the deal. In this place of priesthood, you live as a priest. You live as a priest before the Lord. You come into this intimacy with him. And then you begin to decree the things, and they shall be established. You begin to decree and speak things, and it shifts atmospheres. It can shift nations. It can shift a, a person. Come on, let's just start with a person, one person. It can shift the situation over your life. It can change things. And so God wants us to be in this place because when I'm ministering before him and I'm ministering in the spirit of life, are we getting that? We have to get that one part. If I am in the spirit of life, if I'm living in the spirit of life, no, no law, no sin, because I'm living as a pure priesthood before the Lord, and I'm continually ministering before him. As I'm doing this, I become so free, and I can see. Listen to me. You can see and decree. When God begins to give you visions before the throne of the Lord, because it can happen, this is why it has to be continual. So it doesn't matter if I'm at a bus stop. 
It doesn't matter if I'm waiting for someone out in front. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting in a restaurant and I can hear the loudest person in the room. It always happens, right? doesn't matter because you've got Christ in you, the hope of glory that's waiting for you to listen, waiting for you to be sensitive, waiting for you to be conscious. Look at me, conscious of the presence of God. This is liberating. This should be super liberating. This should empower you to like be really encouraged that, God, I can do anything that you call me to. Because as I minister before the Lord, decrees come from heaven, and you don't have to rebuke a devil. You just walk by a devil. No, because Jesus said it was when Jesus went into the room, yes, he went into places, and there was no faith because they were too familiar with him, and it happens everywhere. But it says in that place where the, he was there, the presence of the Lord was there to heal because Jesus was there. So when I'm ministering before the Lord in the order of milk, in this new order, <laughs> you're in a new order. Do you know you're in a new order yet? God's put you in a new order. It's right there. God's released a new order over your life so that you can walk in this place. Where the things that you begin to believe for, the, that when we walk into places, that when you come together, if we gather together, if everyone's in this mindset, listen, I was just dealing with stuff right there. But you have to wrestle it down. You just have to wrestle it. Sometimes it's just a wrestling match. I don't wrestle against those things. The Lord does. I have to just yield my mind to him. I have to yield my heart to him. And when I yield my heart to him, everything gets out of the way. Seriously, if I, know, if I know to get in that place with the Lord, you're with me. Are you with me? Because you really, you, you become so aware of the presence of God around you that he wants to do something every moment of the day. Every moment. He wants to do something. It's not just I'm on to, to pray for someone. How do you know God doesn't want to reveal someone's heart to you at that moment? The moment when that person's really annoying you. No, that's the time. It's the time. When that, the agitation comes, are you discerning the Lord? Come on, I'm talking about shifting atmospheres today. I'm talking about walking in dominion. Because authority is given to you. The more authority you give up, the more you allow other voices to come in and allow that authority in your life, God's trying to break that off the church right now, in this hour. Authority's been given to you, not so that I'm running around looking for a devil behind every bush. He's looking for you to walk in this quiet, assertive authority in him. Because I've been ministering to him. And when I'm ministering to him, I can hear the heartbeat of heaven. I can hear what the Father's saying. Because I was just, I'm right continually. Even when I walk away from the altar, I'm, uh, the altar's with me. Even when I'm walking away from the throne, the throne of God is with me. Why? Because the last week when it, the wheels of fire are on the throne of God. God's following you around if you want him to. I'll try it over here. <laughs> God's following you around if you want him to. The question is, are we giving him an invitation to follow us around? And so what kind of atmosphere are we carrying today? God wants to shift the atmosphere in your life. He wants you to have a fresh anointing to carry a fresh atmosphere. He wants the atmosphere of dominion on your life. He wants it there. It's there. Are you ready to receive it? Come on, help me, everybody. I need help now. I want us to be... Oh, let me go here. First Peter 2, verse 4 says, 
We're coming to him as living stones, yeah. rejected indeed by men. See, there's the contrast right there. How do we deal with the rejection? How do I deal with someone doesn't want to hear what I have to say? You pray for them. How do I deal when I'm rejected? I pray for them. Love your enemies, right? It says, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. That means I live as a king. And I minister as a priest. That means I have a kingly anointing. And I have a priestly anointing. That means I abide in such a way. And when I abide in the Lord, the authority of heaven is dropped on my life. It's an anointing of authority. It's the oil. It's the oil of authority. It's the oil of dominion. It's the oil of the thing that breaks the yoke. I didn't even get into the breaker anointing. Because this is what people, this is what you're called to carry. It's an anointing that breaks yokes off of people. Not because I'm forcing it, but because you carry it. We want to live in an atmosphere where God lives. And you do. You're seated in heavenly places today. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And we are called as a nation of priests. Come on, we prophesy that New Hampshire is a state of priests. We prophesy that New England is a region of royal priesthood. We prophesy to America that they are a, the whole entire nation rises up as a royal priesthood. That you may proclaim what's this all for? What's this all for? Why am I a priest? Why am I a king? So that I may proclaim the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, <laughs> but now obtain mercy. Oh, Jesus. That just sit on you right. Good right there. So let's just stand. Let's stand together. Let's just... We're going to give the Lord an opportunity.